0: So that you may know how to answer everyone. Well, good morning renovation and happy Mother's Day. And I realize Mother's Day for some this year, well, it's different. And obviously, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic that makes everything different. But for some of you this year, I realize this is significantly different. Unfortunately for some, this has been a year of tragedy. And as a mother losing a child or a child losing your mother. And no matter what your age is, when you lose your mother, it's, it's significant. But your child. Some of, though, some of you, though, this may be your first year as a mother. As we said about Sam earlier, she's less than 24 hours into this great adventure that she has no idea what she stepped off into. But she has. And it's going to be disruptive, but it's going to be awesome. Motherhood. As we talked about Thomas last week, you know, in one moment we are brave and in another moment afraid and sometimes even irrational fear grips us. And I I was just watching this last week. You know, if you you watch the news a lot, you know, no doubt, and, and, and if you watch it obviously more than you maybe should, There's a lot of reasons to have fear, but if you didn't have enough reasons, this this week we get this headline, uh, murder hornets invading United States. Now again, as if we didn't have enough fear coming into our lives. And then you read an article a couple of days later by hopefully people who know what they're talking about saying that they found two dead hornets in Washington back in December and they killed, extinguished in Canada a hive last September. Now, again, they're trying to keep them out. But the point is, there's a lot of reasons to to be afraid, I guess, if you go looking for it. And so many of us look at so much news every day that we're looking for that one report that just says we've made it. We're we're in the clear. And maybe that report may come hopefully over time. But the reality is it's probably not going to come by you looking at the news 20 times a day, whether on your computer Or on TV. We crave simple narratives, like a math problem. We just want to solve it and move on. But the pandemic for sure doesn't offer us that, but neither does life. Life doesn't come to us like a math problem, it comes to us more scene by scene. Often we ask ourselves do we live in a tragedy? you ever been there hopefully often you get to ask yourself do I live in a comedy and just do I live in this great adventure or do you often ask just believe you live in some kind of soap opera that day after day it seems to be the same things over and over because that's a problem with the soap opera right you can come back 15 20 years later into the same people just changed hairstyles and clothes and having the same issues I don't think any of us want to live there. So, no doubt our lives are complex. They're unique. And day-to-day, they can change. Our relationships are complex. Our relationships are unique. But one of the ways I love finding out about someone, sometimes we see people, we meet people, and we go, boy, I wish I had a little more explanation behind that because you wonder why someone responds or someone, uh, again, reacts or how they... Move through life the way they do. And sometimes when you hear their story, it begins to explain some things. You know, one of the stories I look forward to hearing when we get to heaven, if we get to do things like this in heaven, one of the people I want to talk to, because I want to know more of the story, is I look forward to talking to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Reality is, when you look at Scripture, there's not a lot said about Mary, and there's not a lot said about Joseph. And you would think, in in my thinking, there would be a whole lot more said about them, but there's not. But I can't wait to get to heaven and go and ask them questions about how was it to raise Jesus? What was he like as a teenager? We'll read later what he was like at 12. We know there is some uh, uh, Scripture written about that. But we often think of Mary, and that's what I want to talk about today here on Mother's Day, because we often think of Mary mainly at Christmas. There's a passage of Scripture I want to read, very familiar to most of us. Uh, I, I want to read it, even though I'm going to move it forward to today, and we're in the middle of this series uh, that I've, I coined a few weeks ago, Ashes to Fire, going from the resurrection To Pentecost and we're looking at people along the way that walk that out with Jesus we're gonna look at Mary today Luke chapter 1 25 through 38 said in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David the virgin's name was Mary the angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of grieving greetings this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who, has, who was said to be uh, unable to conceive is in her sixth month. So no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. First thing the angels, besides greetings, it Says you're highly afraid. It Says do not be afraid. And sometimes we allow those things. And aren't you glad Mary didn't go? Well, there are certain things I'm afraid of, and I'm or, 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 or courageous about. And there's some things I'm afraid of. But in this point, the, the angel wanted to address up front: do not be afraid. No doubt Mary had this unique bond with Jesus. Again, that's what I want to ask about. Maybe if I ever get a chance in heaven, what was that like? What was it like growing up, having growing up in your home, the Son of God? You know, as a dad, no doubt. Jane and I uh, share values in our home. We did and raising our four kids, and it was awesome. And no doubt I have, I, I believe I have certain bonds with my kids, and I hope it's significant in all four of them. But I also am aware that there is a bond that a mother has with her children that I will never know as a dad. When you carry someone... In your belly for nine months, or whatever that plays out. Sometimes it's a little shorter, maybe a little longer, but whatever that is, when you do that, there is something unique when you give birth. There is something unique that I honestly, as a dad, have no idea. I can stand and watch. And most of the time, as Jan would just say, get out of the way. When they were born, we went to Lamaze class the first time and uh, basically got in. If you, those of you know what Lamaze class is, and for me to be some kind of I don't know, coach or I don't really know what it was. But anyway, I went first time when Sydney was born and basically they pushed me out of the way and she didn't want to listen to me. And after the other three, I just kind of stood back, not because I wasn't willing to participate. I realized I wasn't much help. That's the problem that, at the end of the day. But there is a bond that a mother has. But I love also that Jesus uses, in John 3, when he's talking to Nicodemus, and I'm not going to read the scripture, you can look it up, but he tells Nicodemus as he comes to ask what it, what it would mean to be saved, and Jesus says, you must be born again. There's something significant, I believe, about this birthing process that is such a bond, but your birth from the Spirit, which is ultimately what Mary has here. The Spirit is on her. The Spirit is in her, and that's what Jesus wants for all of us. But birth and being born is significant, not only in this, and not only in moms and their children, but in our salvation. But I love what Mary says in verse 28, or the angel says, The Lord is with you. I've said this recently during this season, I realize there's isolation that's needed to happen or there needs to be separation and people need to stay at home. And I'm all for us working through all that. But I hope and pray it's not isolated from you knowing that the Lord is with you. He is in this with you. Even though some of you are dealing way before COVID, there are other things you're working through. The Lord is with you. You are highly favored. It means God's holy grace is upon you. This divine blessing from God is on you. And for Mary to hear this, no doubt, uh, a peasant girl to hear those words over her life obviously would have been shocking And even though no one else could maybe have understood or even thought, how does Mary get to be this? What I love about Mary, and this is what I love about moms, moms who lean into the responsibility, not only opportunity and and the privilege of raising children, but the responsibility. Mary had the audacity to believe that God had chosen her. What did she say? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. What was Mary saying? Do what you want to in my life. She had the audacity to believe that God had chosen her to be the mother of the Messiah. Wow. What a task. What a responsibility. Again, love to ask Mary about that. Let me speak to you. Specifically, moms, you have this tremendous calling. You are highly favored. You should have the audacity to believe that when God calls, He equips. And when God calls, He equips, and He is faithful to see it through. It is easy. And I know what it's like, even uh, this part I can share. There are times you just want to give up. So there's times you just want to run. I'm just going to tell you today you are highly favored. Mary simply believed that God had chosen her. Because she believed, she was able to put in uh, basically affect what God had chosen her to do. Mary trusted God, God trusted Mary. He trusts you. Moms, thank you. And what I love about this is, Jesus trusted Mary. No doubt, I would like to ask Jesus how he felt, but, but no doubt, Jesus trusted Mary. Because scripture tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, not only physically grew, but it's kind of hard for me to believe, understand this. I don't know about you. Here is the Son of God, here is God. In the flesh, growing in wisdom. What? See, it's part of that to me had to be for Mary and however long for Joseph. From small things to large things. See, children, moms, let me share this with you if you don't already know. Children normally do not think abstractly. It is more caught than taught. They need to see a person They can see Jesus through. I just would, in the middle of all this, I realize anxiety can be real, and I'm not saying it's not. But I hope and pray, and even as we watch that video, yeah, there are times you need to get out and go for a run, I guess, if that works for you or whatever that may be. you need your time to kind of just get away what I hope in this, is that you allow your children to experience your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your goodness and your gentleness and your self-control. They seek us for wisdom. They seek us for experience. They expect us to understand What's at stake? A five-year-old doesn't understand what all's at stake. A 12-year-old many times do. A 16-year-old doesn't and understand fully what's at stake, but you do. And they need your help. Scripture says at 12, when Jesus stays behind at the temple, I love this in Luke 49, 51. I think we've got that, Luke 2, 49, 51. And, and they, they, they leave town, they, they realize he's not with them They come back, and they're looking for him And here's Jesus' response when they found him why, you were, why were you searching for me, he asked Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he, was say, what he was saying to them So we know at this point that fully Mary didn't understand all of it But she understood this Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them Children, Jesus was obedient, just so you know. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. At 12, she knew something was different if she didn't know it before then. What about the day if, 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 if they laid hammers down? I'm just giving you, I'm just kind of, Could have been some other way, but as a carpenter that Jesus laid his hammer down and saw down and knocks the sawdust from his hands and says, I have to go. What about when she knew about his baptism? And she hears the stories whether she was there or not to see it. What was it like for her that she knew from this day forward she'd probably have to watch him for the most part from a distance? She treasured She pondered, she weighed. The Greek translation for treasure here are to ponder. It's to keep it within yourself, to roll it over and over in your mind, not wanting to ever forget, to remember it over and over, but to do it quietly, soberly, and deeply, to weigh it. As I was reading, as I thought, don't you wish that's the way we got our news Don't you wish that people that were going to share the news with us would go, you know what? I'm going to weigh this. I'm going to think deeply about it. I'm going to think soberly. I'm going to think about this not with any agenda. I want to to know what I'm reporting, to weigh it. Moms know what it's like to ponder, to weigh your child's life and choices. You heard for your kids. I mean, from kid, maybe getting cut from a ball team to a a, a relationship that was broken at, uh, at nine years old and you're crying because they don't like you anymore or maybe you didn't make an A on your report card. Maybe that's it. Sometimes dads do that too. But here's the deal. She pondered. But at 12, it says she... Was not sure Of what Jesus was saying My question is What was it like at the cross What did she do with the cross Matthew 27 55 56 says many women were there Watching from a distance Is Jesus being crucified. Jesus from Galilee to care for... They all followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. See, Mary at this point, probably now between 45 and 50 years old, it's what we suspect. Raised a full house full of kids. But now she is being asked to watch her baby boy die a horrible death. Can we even imagine what Mary was going through? How much did she know? How much uh, did she know that the day she gave birth to him, that 33 years later she would be standing there watching him die this horrific death? We don't know what. Mary even said to Jesus during those times, What were the words she would have wanted to say during those times? But we, but, what would, but we do know a little bit about what maybe Jesus said, maybe not directly to her, but about her on the cross. John 19, 25, 27 says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his house. Jesus apparently charges the young apostle to take care of his mother. And we don't really know why. It could be that Jesus had been taken care of up to that point. We don't know, or is the fact that her, his brothers maybe were not believers at this time, that maybe would later become believers, or would become believers. We don't know for sure why. But what I think is important about this passage of Scripture is, is that Jesus no longer calls Mary his mother, but woman. Which is a term of respect, so don't misunderstand that. See, Mary is no longer... Seen as Jesus' mother, but Jesus is now seen as Mary's Savior. At Jesus' birth, Mary was a servant and she gave of herself because she believed God believed in her. At the cross, as special as Mary was, as highly favored as she was, as audacious and bold as she was, she had to become a receiver. A receiver of God's grace, just like you and I. Like Mary, like the rest of us, when we're confronted with the cross, we have to ponder. We have to weigh what is happening on the cross. Mary was not losing a son, she was gaining a savior. The resurrection mattered as much to Mary. As it does for us, thankfully, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. Mary had no advantages over us in this sense. Scripture tells us that Mary chose well. <laughs> I would believe, because the last mention of, of Mary and, and, and scripture of Mary Jesus, it, it was in Acts 1:13 and 14. Since when they arrived, disciples went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, and we'll talk about Acts one in a couple of weeks. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon and Judas. They all joined, they, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the woman and the Mary and, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And his brothers We don't know how much longer Mary Leo. The Bible really doesn't tell us But we do believe she was part of the early church We believe her, her sons were too Scripture bears that out But I just want to know the rest of the story I just want to ask her, what was it like? There's not enough information here. This is a phenomenal story. Even though you thought you were losing a son, you were gaining a Savior. Even though you were told you were raising Messiah, somehow or another, you just didn't seem to get all that. Because we live life scene by scene. It doesn't come as this, this, this equation that's solved. It just comes to us piece by piece many times. And we just have to keep trusting God and have to believe we're highly favored and have to believe that he has called us. Sometimes we're brave. I'm not sure. She was brave at the birth. I'm not sure how brave she may have been at the cross. On this Mother's Day, I've shared with you before, my mom's been gone about two and a half years now. And I used to call my mom every Sunday morning before I preached, or even before then, before we started preaching every Sunday. I don't know if my preaching's changed over the last two and a half years, but I know it was really good before then. No, but I love talking to my mom on Sunday morning. It was just something about that connection. And my mom just never flew in an airplane. She was afraid of it. Live to be 90, never did it. And you'd hear that and go with that because that was a, probably a lot of adventure she didn't get to do. She didn't get to come to Arizona in her latter years because of that, because she couldn't ride or didn't feel comfortable riding that far. And you could look at my mom and go, well, she just kind of, her life just about being afraid. <laughs> no. My mom, was. we've said here before, I think it's Irving McManus, says courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is the lack of self is the absence of self. Courage may not be the absence of fear, but the absence of self. I would look at my mom and go, well, why wouldn't you get on an airplane? You're just kind of a cat. <laughs> But that's also the way, same moment in her late 50s, along with my dad, took four teenage grandchildren, four grandchildren into her home, into their home, along with the child at that point, I think was 10 to 12 years old, my sister, and they were raising those five kids. They were courageous. You, courageous is not a lack of fear, it's the absence of self. So many of you moms, I want to tell you right now, you may be afraid. There may be some fear, but I'm telling you right now, so many of you are going to put yourself aside for the sake of your children, and thank you. I watched my beautiful wife a few weeks ago give of herself, honoring her mom. I call it the honor drive. I know there's honor flights out there. It was an honor drive to take her mom, who had been out here with us for five months, had been asking to go home to Texas. And Jan and her brother, Rusty, drove their mom home 22 hours, 1,200-something miles to get to honor her. That's courageous. Now, that may be other times Jan may be a scaredy cat. I don't know. And we could talk about that. Uh, but anyway, but she's courageous. And I just want to say today, moms, you got it. We believe in you. We're for you. I just want to say, too, just a reminder on this Mother's Day. No doubt in the middle of this pandemic, and I probably never mentioned this on Mother's Day ever about science. We are depending on science, and science has some answers for our life. As I said a few weeks ago, I think it's March 15th, I said in this room and said since then, as followers of Christ, we're both mystical and rational. We're both. We believe in science. We can live in the tension. Science has a role in our lives. And I'm so thankful right now, if you're listening, you're a scientist, you're a medical, whatever you are out there, I just want to tell you, we're so thankful for your brilliant minds working on our behalf. But like the rest of us, you're limited. Because one of the biggest things here on Mother's Day... That science cannot answer is how and why a mother, and yes, a father, but a mother here, can have an unconditional, unwavering love for a child who has earned nothing. That's not a math problem, that's a mystical thing, that's supernatural. This unmerited, overwhelming love that describes the love that Christ has for us, science cannot explain the real meaning of Mother's Day. They can explain how someone's birth, they can explain, maybe try to explain how it goes from this little bitty thing to bigger. But what they cannot explain is the love that makes really Mother's Day. It's one thing to give birth. It's another thing to be a mother. Science cannot tell us the meaning of life and what happens after this life. Life is not a problem to be solved. Life is a gift to be lived. I want to encourage you today. Some of you are getting that stolen right now. It's being taken away by fear, taken away by anxiety, taken away by the latest news report. Life is a gift to be lived out. I've got to remind myself of that, friend. And it's always lived out to its fullest in this kind of love. Unmerited, unconditional, highly favored. The Lord is with you kind of love. See, Mary understood this kind of love because she maybe was the only one I thought this was, this just hit me. That ever loved Jesus that way. She knew what unmerited, unconditional love because mothers understand that. Fathers do too. But on this day, why do we celebrate the resurrection every week? Because the cross and moms... (laughs) Remind us that this kind of love never gets old. Love has a name, and that name is Jesus and your mom. Thank you, moms. The Lord is with you. You're highly favored. God's holy grace is upon you. We're going to close today. I'm going to ask Josiah and them to come back and close us with a song. I was probably more emotional in here today if I've sniffed a little bit more or whatever you want to call it, that thing. I've shared with you before, I think I'm allergic to preaching because I think I get this every week. But especially coming in here today, and they gave me some some earbuds so I was actually able to worship uh, I had to ask my own earbuds, but the uh, buds, but a pack to be able to worship in here. And, and thank you, Allie, for your prayer and your words too. And just uh, it's a special day. I don't know when we will meet again together. We are working through that. We know other churches are doing that right now, uh, even as we speak, probably. And we're working through that. But we want to when we come back together, whenever that is, whether it's weeks from now or Whenever that is, and we'll get you more information over the next few weeks on that. We want it to be a place where you feel that community. There may be a little anxiousness when we start back, and we may have to work through some things. But I just want to encourage you. The church is still not here at this building, even though there is something about this that you know I've said over and over that happens when God's people together are together heard it this week and it just made me think of it's the echo of heaven when we come together it's just what we'll be doing gathering and singing and community and maybe even eating and all those things when we get to heaven they just said live streaming is an echo of the echo (laughs) okay if that's all we got right now we're gonna lean into that but I just want you to know we love you we're for you but moms especially today You can do this. You can do this. And through Christ, he's the only one I believe who can help us through all this. We love you. We're for you. Let me pray for us, and Josiah and him are going to lead, and then we'll close with that song. But we love you today. Thank you for our moms. Thank you for our moms that Maybe even for some we're taking tragically, they're quickly this year at least. Or for moms, we had been praying, Lord, let your will be done. Maybe because of suffering. But Lord, I know there's moms out there today who have lost children. Over these last few years, especially. And they're on my mind, I won't name them right now. I don't but I just I want you to know we're thinking about you. From Texas to Maricopa to just down the street. We're thinking about you. And we love you. You can do this. You're highly favored. God's hands upon you. Help us today, Lord, as we walk this out. And thank you for our moms. Thank you for your mom. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We will be praying for you. Have a great week. Sing.